Welcome to Never Rewrite. I'm Isaac Askew. And I'm Jeffrey Sherman. And today we're joined by special guests Colleen Grafton and Nathan Keyes. Colleen, Nathan, welcome. Why don't you start by introducing yourselves uh, and telling the audience a little bit about who you are? Great. Thanks for having us. I can go first. Um, I'm Colleen Grafton, and I am a human living in Chicago, Illinois. And as part of that human experience, I also write software. I have a background in marketing automation software, but lately I've pivoted into HR software. And like most people have also done a little bit of e-commerce in there. Primarily, I'm a back-end engineer, but like most people, I also do a little front-end when it's required. Hi, I'm Nathan. I'm a software architect, um, similar background. I'm also a human, believe it or not. Um, Chicago is home. I uh, currently reside in San Francisco. Um, not sure when I'll be moving back, but that might be happening soon. Um, as far as my background, I've done a little bit of everything, mostly back end, but then like industry wide, industry wise, lots of things. Everything I've done, I, if I had to choose one thing, maybe finance, because I've done like, you know, uh, Federal Reserve, high frequency trading. Um, and also I worked for um, an exchange. Uh, currently I'm working in a, um, the, the the field is actually roadside assistance. We're probably mm-hmm. one of the biggest monopolies you've never heard of. That, that I, I want to go deeper on all of that, but not today. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, to, to set the context, um, many years ago, uh, all four of us were working at the same company. Uh, and I came in, I was, I think, the last one to join. And I was hired as a contractor to do keep the lights on work for the legacy system while Colleen and Nathan were working on a replacement system, which was a full rewrite. Um, and it was called Nozomi. Um, and eventually, well, as I came in and as I was working on it, I started to think in my head, hey, there's a pattern here that I've seen before and it it doesn't end well. And, you know, we, we went down the road nine months later. Well, I was out nine months later, uh, but eventually things continued to not go well. And it, that's what eventually led me on the path like that has Isaac and I doing this podcast today of never rewrite of, oh, here's the pattern, you know, that it started the genesis. So I wanted to bring Colleen and Nathan on to, to kind of talk about the experience from both sides. So I guess let's the, the start beginning. How did the decision to do a rewrite come about? Like, what I know the code was terrible because I, I worked on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so um, uh, I, I can jump on that, uh, interrupt me uh, as necessary. Um, so like, again, for me, it started from one, yes, the, the code was terrible, but then two, um, one of the issues that I saw where we worked was that like there was an uh, an overbearing focus on firefighting and not enough focus on let's build fireproof things. Uh, so that there was a lot of that. And then also um, I was trying to solve for my, my team's happiness, uh, right? So that like, again, related to, you know, the that, that focus on firefighting rather than building fireproof things. Like when I started on the team, the, the, uh, the team was... Uh, from my perspective, like deathly afraid to do new work because like we didn't have a test suite that was that would that could guarantee that you know new work wasn't gonna bring the system down. Um so the um the you know those were the for me those were the driving factors of that like let's solve for let's build something that's fireproof so that we're not always putting out fires. Let's build it in a way uh that's well tested so that you know the people working at it are happy. Um and and I think yeah so those are my primary concerns. Uh, and then, then um, 
and I can kind of let you know, uh, you know, Colleen speak to her perspective on that. Yeah. And also, I think Isaac was there true. too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah I would say all that's true. Uh, I think one component of the software's like bugginess and legacyness was also that it, we were just outgrowing it. Like we were getting, um, we had clients for a long time. This was a pretty old company, so we had like nine-year-old clients that had just grown and grown and grown as we had mm-hmm. grown, but that that software was not able to support the throughput they required. Um, I think from a business perspective, there would have been no initiative to do any rebuild if we'd been able to support those customers and right. the bugs would have just been, you know, part of doing business. So um, also there was a very small lottery factor. There was only two of us at the company of a hundred engineers at the time that understood the system. I'm very confident in that. So I don't think that's a good thing. And I, I think people were starting to realize uh, the danger there. Right. Yeah, and and it should be clear, Colleen was one of them and I was not. But, and that's why Colleen was so helpful to me. <laughs> okay. So there was a system and it was buggy from before, but you don't think the bugginess wasn't enough to, I guess, get the rewrite authorized. It was also the company was outgrowing. The customer company's customers had outgrown the system, right? It was, if I remember correctly, uh, it would fail uh, on sends more than a million. It would fail something like yeah seventy five percent of the time. Yeah, um, and then like when it would fail, we we wouldn't know why. I think it was a big part of it too. Like another other thing that we're trying to solve for is like when things go when they do go wrong, we were like trying to solve for um, transparency uh, in uh, to those failures. Yeah, I would say transparency is a huge issue. I would disagree. We didn't know why. It was we didn't know why fast enough to make a difference to anyone. We could mm. figure it out, but it would be, you know, some, yeah, fair, somebody yeah. at their desk doing stuff for mm. three weeks and then saying, aha, this is why it didn't work, which is, doesn't help a customer. <laughs> yes, I, I guess why only matters in the first 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And also speed. I would say the system worked decently enough, but um, I think it became un- unacceptable for the amount of time you know we're ta- i think at one point we're talking like four to eight hours to get mm-hmm. a feature done or like get a mm-hmm. send out so that was just unacceptable to a lot of customers yeah i remember late in the game testing something um after i'd fixed kind of the the major um reasons it would die unexpectedly problem uh and i, I would do a test i think for like five million and it would take something like 20 hours. So that sounds right. <laughs> it, it didn't die, yeah. but it still wasn't. I wouldn't say that it worked. Yeah. It didn't fail, yeah. but I don't know that it succeeded. Yeah. Maybe yeah, it you shouldn't have so time. many customers. Have you considered that? Right. Have, have you considered being a smaller company? <laughs> Consider making less money. I heard that's popular. So, yeah. how did you pitch uh, to management that you should uh, get this rewritten or started? I, I was, I was just thinking that, that, like, oh, sorry. So in hindsight, like, I'm not sure, like, how we got this approved, right? Like, at, at a certain point, like, I feel like it was just persistence of that, like, you know, like, at a certain point, I'm like, and I think a lot of it was like, you know, if we don't do something, like, we're going to lose Colleen, right? That, like, and part of it was that, like, for me, it was like pitching, like I said before, like, keeping the team happy was a large part of it. And, and I think that, like, um, and into the time, I felt like I had enough, like, political capital to spend, like, all right, trust me, if we do this, this will work. Um 
yeah so but again like i don't like i don't maybe Colleen, if you have a better idea but like i don't know how we got this approved in hindsight it was definitely uh, all you yeah, yeah i would yeah. say i wasn't in any of those meetings yeah partly by choice um yeah. i am a big this might be an unpopular opinion i'm a big proponent of do what my boss wants me to do to an extent and especially at that time i was not a senior engineer so i wasn't in a position where i thought I'm going to fight everyone about this. So yeah, they right. want to rewrite. I'm doing a rewrite. If they want me to fix bugs, I'm going to fix bugs. And then I, I want to please like my boss to an extent. But so, yeah, you convinced them. Um, one thing I remember that really impressed everyone was your due diligence with AWS cost analysis. Oh, yeah, that's, so okay, that's right. Yeah, you were able to say this is how much it's going to cost us per email to send. Um, yeah. And you had, you know, like spent many weeks making yeah. getting those numbers ready so i think everyone that's right that's right love numbers let's do it yeah that's right i remember because like i was able to okay yeah i remember that now and also the spreadsheets also think that like from a product point of view that like one of the things that was i thought was super helpful was that like you know you had a much better deeper understanding of the product than i did and then like we were working from the spreadsheet that literally had like close to 50 line items of like here are all like the the the, the, the nitty gritty milestones that we're going to hit from a product standpoint right and, and, and i think that was a big help to that like we had like you know, because of Colleen, we were able to prove that, like, yeah, you know, you know, for we're going to start with it with like the the lowest possible impact. Like, we 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 focused on it from do the least risky thing first, right? And kind of mm -hmm. like using um in hindsight, like using uh, Martin Fowler's like kind of like the the constrictor pattern that like like isolate the thing, you know, piece by piece. Um, and Colleen mm -hmm. did a great job yeah. of like coming in a, like a prioritized list of here's the you know like I said the in order of least impact. You know, and then building to riskier, riskier things that would actually be, end up being less risky because by the time we got there, the the system we we're building on, in theory, should have been uh, proven and tested that these bigger things are actually less risky. Was that, that was yeah. the idea? Yeah, we took a big feature and we basically categorized each like possible use case of the feature. So mm -hmm. that was really easy. Once you did that, you could just put things in order. That makes sense. And how long did you think it was going to take? Like when you when you sold it to management or just in your head, how long was the project? Did you think that was that's interesting? Because I don't remember. Like I think also part of my frustration too is that like for a long time this might not have been the actual case, but it felt like it was just Colleen and I, right? <laughs> um, uh, because like the rest of the team was focused on like we were like we were on the same team, but like it was only Colleen and I. It felt like we were actually dedicated to the project um, mm -hmm. until but that that that, that changed. Um, At no fault of the teams, that was like a oh no 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 yeah yeah, 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 and I wish I had still had access to these spreadsheets, but like that was another spreadsheet that we did. That like, like, all right, does it like if if you give me X junior engineers and Y senior engineers, I think we can do it um, in this amount of time. But never really got that allocation. I do remember you're more optimistic. I uh, I was That's probably <laughs> thinking like a year plus, and I think my opinion, if when I was asked to share it, was not received well. So it was slowly asked less to share my opinion. On yeah, that's how long a, yeah. It take, which is that's fine. real. Yeah. yeah, that that is absolutely <laughs> part of the pattern that I have seen in the past. Is the the rewrite is supposed to take six months? 
regardless of how big it is. In theory, mm -hmm. it's supposed yeah. to be six months. Six months yeah. sounds great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That yeah. sounds good. Yeah, yeah. And he said, like, it doesn't matter how big, but it has to be six months. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. um, I, I got brought on as a contractor, I'm going to say early 2019. I feel like the, the project had been going at least six months by that point, or maybe more. Like, did it start in 2018, 2017, you think? I, I feel think like code, it maybe. Code development, I was going to say three months, but yeah, the project six months. My, my uh, hmm. I was thinking like January sounds right, like January 2019, but I don't know. It, it's been a while. <laughs> a, lot, a lot has happened <laughs> since then. Yeah. Right. That, that's in the pre pandemic days. Yeah. The before times. Yeah, it's a long, long ago. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. So, so I got brought in, right? And my role was to keep the keep the lights on, and Colleen was critical uh, for me, just for giving me the lay of the land. Uh, and I remember those absolutely terrifying. Uh, I don't want to call them UMLs, but things from um, what's the name of that company? Lucid Charts. Those Lucid Charts explaining mm -hmm. how the whole thing worked. And I, you, you went through them with me, and I was like, "You, you've got to be kidding me!" <laughs> no wonder this yeah. doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, At one point, I asked you. I, I said, "Is this the most like complex thing you've ever worked on?" And you said, "No, it's the second most." <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I was kind of had my ego bruised a little bit. I was like, "Oh dang, I want this to be the most complex yeah. thing he'd ever seen." I'm trying to remember what I said was the the what it was in my head. <laughs> I don't know what? if we're allowed to say company names, but it's a White Sox stadium. Um, uh, yeah. Okay. Yes. That was, that was also an interesting solution to a very odd problem. Um, for another episode. For, for another episode. Yes. That, <laughs> that was also me applying an iterative approach against a company doing a full rewrite that never succeeded. And I would have to check, but hadn't succeeded as of like 2020. Uh, and now you're you kind of like, spoiled it. You spoiled it. It never ago. succeeded here. Yeah. Yeah. Spoilers. Well, maybe, maybe it has. I mean, it's been three years since I, I last <laughs> looked. Um, but they were in continuous rewrites for at least six years when I was paying attention. Um, right. So, in my mind, so kind of my perspective was I got called in to do the keep the lights on work so that they could give more resources to Nozomi. Uh, and I guess without sounding, trying not to sound too arrogant, I'm much more willing to tackle those. I'm terrified to make a change in the code because I don't know what's going to break. I'm like, let's do it. Let's see how many times I can do this and not break production. Uh, and also I am fine with breaking production because it's like, well, if you didn't know you were going to break production anyway, um, I might be, that sounds way more YOLO than, than I truly am. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, like I, I think that that's an important point, right? There, because, like, and I think in a healthy organization, like, you optimize for reducing that that cost of failure, right? That right, like breaking production shouldn't be a scary thing because if you break production, you should have things in place where, like, you can roll back, right? I think also, uh, like, you're not a YOLO programmer, and I think the difference is like the communication. So, as a person who I think had six. <laughs> um, Six engineers and I started, 100-ish when you started, Jeffrey. Uh, mm. There's a lot of people who came through the door and didn't even try to talk to me or started to talk to me and then decided I was talking a lot and didn't, they didn't need to hear it. And then they broke the code. So there's a huge difference between <laughs> doing that and like reading all the documentation someone wrote, talking to them, really listening to them, 
and then breaking production. Like the end result's the same, but I I see a huge difference. Yes, I I, I feel my recollection is I broke production in small ways many times, but I never broke production in a large way. That could be somewhat rose-colored glasses looking backwards. But that that's kind of my recollection is I'm sure I broke like I I'm, I caused incidents, but I don't believe I caused any major incidents. Uh, and I left the code. Well, I guess the, my my perspective on the thing was what eventually happened is I fixed enough bugs and, and added enough observability that they eventually, um, after I was out, after my contract was up uh, and I left, uh, they eventually canceled Nozomi and just decided to stick with the original system, which, you know, it didn't, there was the things that you were saying, which is it did made, didn't make developers happy. It wasn't mm -hmm. fast. And you lost developers. Yeah, because like, I think we all left pretty quickly around the same time. Right? That like I think that like you left, and then very shortly afterward, I left. All four of us left. You, I feel like in, you in a, left, a, then I left. That I see. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. mine was not related to, like it's. I mean, they are hand in hand, but I yeah. liked being a subject matter expert. I liked being like a person that people would come to with questions. Um, but the company, like just having such a limited number of people who understood how, to, how the service worked, like that forces the company to rely on one person too much. Like there's just mm. no way around that. So I was feeling pressure from all sides and it wasn't like, oh, we're so grateful to have you. It was like, why aren't you always around? Why are you not always available? Mm -hmm. We need you mm. all the time. And that's part of the reason I left. So it wasn't really so much the bad feature, the bad code. I like working in bad code. So. <laughs> I also enjoy bad code. Actually, I think most of my work on that project, I, I didn't do a lot of the actual new net new code. Uh, I think most of me, most of it was me going through and trying to find hacky ways to optimize the old flow. And I found a couple that helped them hit their goals. And that's really all they seem to care about. It, I guess that's kind of like the flip side of it. If you find a hacky way to do it that still meets their goals, then they're going to not really care about the delivery of yeah. the real solution. Yeah, and, and and think to me that like my ultimate answer is like what went wrong was we were solving for different things, right? And mm -hmm. it, it wasn't clear to me until basically I decided to leave that they didn't understand, like that they didn't understand as well as I had hoped or thought what I was trying to deliver. It was ultimately about like, you know, the short-term numbers, right? And like, we were just solving for different problems. Yeah, definitely. I so like that project's definitely what got me to like what I consider to be senior level like efficiency as an engineer. So at the time I was kind of leveling up and I would be, get pulled into these meetings and the CTO and VP of engineering would ask me like is this project worth it? Like <laughs> are we going to get it done soon and I was like uh <laughs> this these questions should have been asked like way before we started writing a line <laughs> of code so i don't i mean i can try to like come up with an answer for you but it make it makes me feel uncomfortable that we're having this conversation today how do you do you remember how far the project got along with the deliverables like i have the vague recollection that there was one type of email that it was working and yeah. sending mm -hmm. and maybe two and then that's as far as it got or yeah, because I feel like so, like like the, remember the spreadsheet was like between forty to fifty lines of individual small things grouped into like eight or nine large feature chunks, and we definitely got the first one, and that was um, transactional emails of like 
I think like password reset, I think was like the, the first use case. Um, we definitely got through that. Um, I don't remember how much further we got through. Like, I don't think we got through three. We might've gotten through the second phase. Yeah. And I think that was another issue is like you had alluded to, we were, we were thinking, oh, this is brilliant. We're going to tackle the like least important stuff first. And then it was yeah. going to be really stable when you get to the most important stuff. Yeah. But leadership, leadership heard that. And they essentially said, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Why can't you just do the most important stuff first? And yeah. That was and, another, yeah. like, we were just approaching the problem from two different directions. Yeah, and it was really like I remember I had very vivid um, recollection of like this one particular thing I think happening a few times where that like we would be in a meeting with the VP of engineering where we were looking at the spreadsheet right and we're going through like when everything is going to be delivered and the VP would point down at the bottom like well can't you just do this up here right like um, mm -hmm. yeah and, that like, happened a lot and it's so, like I thought like they were asking for just like just go faster right but like you know like like they were like in hindsight asking for a literally different problem to be solved right because like my interpretation of that ask was you know, cut corners, go faster, like, you know, hit the same milestones, but do it faster. But what they were really asking for was, and again, this is something I, said, I think before that, like, you know, we want to see immediate customer impact now, regardless of the the consequences later. And I think that was a big problem. Mm, yeah. Whereas that like, not only was it like, like I said, like, we we're always focused on firefighting and never building fireproof things. Another thing that I think like led into it was that like, one of the culture items was put the customer first, Whereas in my perspective, that meant put the customer first at the cost of your coworkers, right? That like we were doing, like we had a teammate like who was working on something like overnight. Like he did like, he pulled like a 20 hour shift or something working on ultimately a account that wasn't worth much money. But I, I understand that the client that's, that, that's important to them. But like, mm -hmm. you know, as a, you know, I would rather lose a client than put my coworker through that again. And then yeah. so that like we were there was a bit of that the, going on. Yeah. And the company would always like focus like no, you like you need to put the customer first. Whereas like my argument is like, well, we do that by building things that don't catch fire, right? But the company is like, no, you need to be firefighting. Yeah, it's a lot like climate change. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think in the startup industry in general, that's just kind of like the preferred method is we're going to keep doing short-term solutions for as long as possible and even even past possible to the point where it's actually hurting us, but we don't realize it because short-term solutions that seem like dramatic fixes or like you delivered, oh, wow, you you already delivered that to the clients in, in a couple of hours, that kind of thing. Even if it's like, you know, it's not going to scale or you know, it's not a good fix. That's still, uh, in a lot of cases, it looks like a, a false sense of progression. Yeah. I have a question, like, this is maybe for Jeffrey, he's done a lot of remakes, but it is it feasible to take a, a product that had been built over 10 years? Because at that point we were working on code from 10 years ago. Like you can go back mm -hmm. and see the commit when it was added to like Git. <laughs> and that was maybe six years ago. Um, like, is it feasible? Is it a reasonable ask to say this thing that took 10 years to build, like rebuild it in X time, that's not 10 years, that's shorter than 10 years? Um, uh, wait, this, this whole podcast is dedicated to the answer of no. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's not reasonable. Um, you can iteratively <laughs> progress, like change it piece by piece. Uh, you know, it's like building yeah. building a better mousetrap by changing every piece in the mousetrap instead of saying, I'm yeah. going to invent a new mousetrap and then just not use the old one. Yeah. yeah, like a bridge. It's like bridge building in that way too. Yes. Um, I was just going to touch on like 
the project disconnect for me was I wasn't building anything helpful. Like that's when I started mm. to feel like at panic because I personally need to see my work either like help a customer or at least make uh, leadership happy. <laughs> Ideally both those things, but maybe just one like during an ebb and flow. Uh, and neither of those things were happening. Like I wasn't helping the customers because all my time was spent on this rewrite and leadership was not happy with the rewrite. So I just felt like not successful day in, day out. And that was mm -hmm. a tough thing for me. Yeah. Could you um, dig into that? Because I, I kind of, I wrote that, I was writing down you know, the, the difference uh, Nathan was getting into where it didn't, in retrospect, it didn't sound like they wanted you to cut corners so much as they wanted you to do things in an entirely different order, mm -hmm. like do the things that would deliver customer value, or which like not maybe were not possible, order. but that's what they wanted. Yeah, yeah. At least like not even a different order, right? Because like the ask was so different that like ultimately the, the ultimate deliver would have been different, right? That like it like it's it wasn't just a different order. It's like they're asking for a different thing. Yeah. Right. Like sometimes I, I wonder. Uh, I wonder sometimes if that was like the ask of something different was due to a lack of understanding of the initial complexity. Cause like I mentioned, yeah. I, it was me and one other person who knew the platform well enough. And I'm not trying to make myself sound like a martyr. I attempted to document, I attempted to have meetings day in, day out to teach this to people. It wasn't easy. It's not easy, but we're good. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes I got a little upset and I apologize to anyone that was in that meeting. <laughs> um, but like leadership, I don't know if they understood the complexity of what we're doing, because if we had like yeah. 10 people that understood the platform as well as I did, it would be a lot less of a ask to say, right. you know, do the hardest thing first. Because that's 10 people bouncing ideas off each other, checking people's mm -hmm. work, feeling mm -hmm. very confident that PRs are not going to break the system. But we only had me and I was essentially a roadblock, I would say, because Anytime someone would say, let's like, you know, let's do the harder thing. Let's do this. Let's focus on that. Get it out to customers. I would always be the person in the room going, well, can't like do that. Right. Cause we haven't <laughs> tested this. And like, I, we can do this, but I don't think it's going to work that well. Right. I have 20% confidence. So you take that, you know, how you will. They just um, labeled you as like the naysayer at that point. It, yeah. At, there would, right. I think I'd said Isaac and I think I'd said this to all of you at one point. Like, I just feel like I come into work, I give my opinion. I get frowned at and then I go home. <laughs> it was like what I was doing and that didn't feel good either. Right. It's sort of like the Cassandra where they hear you, but they don't like what you said. Yeah. Yeah. And they Which is fine. It's fine yeah, to be unhappy with the project. Like Nathan <laughs> was unhappy with Isaac too. We were all unhappy with the code base, but at least the engineers sort of like understood that it wasn't just like nonsense I was making up, but it was actual yeah, reality yeah. and reality has consequences as opposed to like, no, I'm not trying to throw shade at leadership, but like they don't always operate in the reality of the code base, yeah. right? Like they, they operate in some other side reality that's like close, but not really. Yeah, you'll, you'll promise a product that make reality kind of adhere to what your promises were supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's, I mean, it. that's leadership's job. It's just, I... Right. Looking back, we've had I've had such better experiences where it's not even me. My boss is the voice for engineering, and they were able to very calmly and successfully tell product, like, we need to do this in addition, or we need to do this instead, or we need to prioritize this. And I don't know how those conversations are working. It's amazing to me. It's brilliant, but it comes out well in some of my other experiences. Like, it's just a balancing act. Awesome. Uh, 
I guess it wasn't awesome. It was actually it was it was it was it inspired awe. In, in, in my monologue was yeah. My monologue was awesome. You're welcome. Yes, yes your monologue was awesome. Um, and then the end came after my contract was up and I was out. Um, how did that like? Did they call you into a room and say we're we're canceling it, or did they say we're putting it on hold? Oh, like, was it officially canceled? Sort yeah, of, yeah, like, there was a meeting for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember. Um, that. But it was weird because like because like it was like it was killed, but then also like not quite killed. Like like we're we're gonna we're not gonna continue it, but we're gonna take like what you did and turn it into this other thing. Like I remember like this offsite that we had. I think was it an offsite? Because uh, we had like we had a new director. I think that was leadership only, not not the lowly people like myself. <laughs> I was not. I was never invited to offsites. <laughs> okay, okay, I, I just maybe it wasn't an offsite, but like I just remember being in like a meeting room that like felt like it was a different office space. Like again, this was like memory might not be a hundred percent, but then like I feel like like yeah, we did. We did like, get a new meeting. office floor. So maybe you're thinking of that. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that might have been it. Because like I just remember being. Uh, like doing like a basically like a like a long whiteboarding session of like how do we take the husk of Nozomi and turn it into this other thing, um, and then yeah like um, yeah like I have a lot to say about that 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 is uh, less about Nozomi and about and, and more about other things. So I'm not trying to trying to filter. Sure. Um, yeah. Um, the human. Yeah. Around Nozomi. Yeah, yeah. 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 Right. Like yeah. The project um, ended badly. But, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, feelings yeah. were hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it, it ended yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and there was no sure, resolution. Yeah. And uh, I think I was like, uh, at that point, I'd been just like the naysayer role too long. And I was like, I don't even want to go back to what I was doing before because I feel like there's maybe it's just me, but I feel like there's a general negative perception mm. about this section of yeah. the code that for whatever mm. reason, the people around me cannot separate from my identity. So I moved to like a completely different team and never looked at it again. Mm. Was that before or after I left? Like, cause I remember like, for me, like when the project ended, like it, it became like, for me, like I've thought, I've actually spent a lot of time thinking about like how this all went down. Uh, and, and I feel like to me that like, I was like, I felt like I had like a protective, like little fiefdom of like, all right, I'm going to build this safe space for me and my team in amongst like 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 our, our squad is the dog and that this is in that this is fine me right but like like everything's burning around us but we but we have this, this safety bubble um but then like when the project was canceled it was very clear like, okay well no that like like i'm not like we this this that this isn't fine um and it never will be um and we just don't see eye to eye and it, it's time for me yeah. to, to to be somewhere else I think your safety bubble at any company is only as large as like the person you trust the least, you know, like. That's fair. <laughs> don't trust anyone. Sorry. <laughs> don't trust anyone. Colleen's business mm -hmm. plan. So attempting a rewrite completely uh, made Colleen paranoid and <laughs> destroyed careers. <laughs> this is a bad idea. <laughs> no, I had a great, I would not change it. Is that a question? Would you take it back? No, I would not. No, yeah, that's, and that's that, that, that should have been a question. Yeah, yeah like yeah, actually, and, and the thing is, like, I would have done the same thing too. I think in hindsight, what I think I should have done better is earlier on making making sure that like what I thought I was delivering was what leadership wanted, right? Because like I feel like mm -hmm. that was the real problem. Is that like I don't honestly, I don't think the rewrite was the problem. I think there was like the the misalignment on the goals, right? Because like if we were aligned on the right. goals, I feel like mm -hmm. we would have been given more resources, and it might have actually been successful, right? 
Um, but I think I think the real issue was just that like there was there was the misalignment on goals. Yeah, I was I got to learn Python. That was awesome. That's also like yeah. I was saying I like leveled up my experience in distributed systems, which is invaluable. I would say. Um, I think it was a learning point for me to say, okay, I want to make, I want to make leadership happy. Like that's, that's my job. That's why I get paid. Uh, but I need to know, I need to have like confidence in myself to know when that's not like no longer serving me, like make leadership yeah. happy until it's making me unhappy. And then maybe I need to like, take a look at the current environment, see if it's good. I, I admire your attitude. I, I've never managed to convince myself that my job was to make my manager or leadership happy. <laughs> for my own mental sanity, Jeffrey. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny because like for me, like that's the opposite of that. Like, because <laughs> like, like I'm solving for like, is my team happy? Or like, is Colleen happy? Is Isaac happy? And because like in my experience, and maybe this is arrogance, but like we're the ones that are normally right and management is so far removed that like, they can't possibly be right. There um, is no, there is no right in this situation. That's, that's fair. Yeah, that, that's a, that's that's fair. Yeah, it it is it is extremely subjective. Um, mm -hmm. fair. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I also don't manage anyone. Uh, I could have said that in my intro. I'm an uh, IC. I'm an IC for life. Um, so it's a lot easier for me to just put the onus on myself to like, okay, I want to make leadership happy and I want to align with them most of the time. So I need to go find a job where I align with leadership and like, yeah. if I just do that, then I will be happy. But that's that like is, an easy thing to say, hard thing to do. No, I mean that's very enviable. I I also am an I individual contributor for life. And when I manage people, things go very badly. Uh, <laughs> but I think part of it is also that I have a strong independent streak, let's say, mm -hmm. uh, and come up with I've my never own seen independent. It. You've never seen that. <laughs> I mean, I'm kidding. Uh, I I come up with. He's got a Harley Davidson out back and steps on some leather. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I lost my shape. Uh, <laughs> like I, I analyze it and I figure out what is next. Uh, and mm -hmm. rather than take leadership's word for it, I attempt to convince leadership that I'm right. Have yes. they ever hated you? Yes. I don't. I yes. like being liked. This is my thing. I do not like situations mm -hmm. where anyone is actually upset with me. Like I'm. I'm always down for healthy conversation. But when people are actually upset, that makes me very upset. You're too I definitely had a couple places where the leadership got upset. Yes. Including the one time I got fired. <laughs> um, that's how they solved that. Uh, nice. Yeah. That's what and, I would do. And that, that's you a very legitimate, in my mind, that's a very legitimate way to resolve it. If, if you can't convince me and I can't convince you, you, you're the boss, you can fire me. That's, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that was not a healthy situation. <laughs> but, yeah but, it's not healthy in I, no one can see i'm gesturing to my heart it's not healthy in here <laughs> to be doing that over and over again in my opinion every once in a while that's fine uh, awesome so to summarize uh to, to kind of bring it all back um the nozomi rewrite was was all about trying to get a fireproof system instead of a fire a system with lots of firefighting trying to get to a place where developers didn't have fear of touching things uh, a system that supported the customers, a system yep. that, you know, and then just to make developers happy. And the the rewrite failed, but it did, in the meantime, it did make de developers happy. Um, well, about, well yes. it made me happy and it made, well, I, I think it like, but I think Colleen made the point that, that like at, at past a certain point, no, right? Because no. like, 
right because like you know colleen like sorry to, to speak for you but like i'm just gonna repeat what you said is that like yeah like you know you wanted to see you wanted to make somebody happy whether that be the client or leadership and at a certain point it was clear that neither of those things was happening mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. uh it it made engineers happy for uh for a bit about yeah. that yeah I just had one last question, uh, I think, before we wrap up. So you mentioned, we, we touched a couple of times on that, in retrospect, you were trying to deliver something different than what leadership wanted. Do you think if you'd had the time and the resources to deliver fully, mm -hmm. like if you'd been able to drive the project to the end, do you think they would have been happy with the results, given what you know now, like in the retrospect? Um, I, I think so, right? Because like the way I think about it is like, is, it's also like, you know, I know I said that like we were like delivering different things, but also I think it was that like, I think it's more accurate to say that like, I was trying to get to the end goal through a very different path, right? That like, mm. yes, we, we did share the end goal of having a, a better, faster, cheaper, more reliable system. But my, 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 my path to that was, you know, so, you know, if you're, if you, if you, if you build a system that's reliable and makes developers happy, then it's, it's a necessary fallout that it's going to be easier to build a system that is going to be work better and cheaper and faster for the customer. Right. Cause it's like, I worship at the, at the temple of Sandy Matt's, you know, uh, Pooter, um, like if like, um, uh, the idea that if you have one metric for the quality of your code is changeability. Right. Um, and if your code, because if your code is changeable, you can adapt quickly to, uh, changing product requests. Um, if it's changeable, then when you run into performance things, great. Like you solve for changeability first and performance second. Um, and that's really what I was getting at is that like the idea that like, you know, um, I, you know, uh, clean code, tested code, reliable code solves all of these problems. It takes a little bit longer, but in the end, if we actually do that, the long-term is actually higher velocity uh, in, in, in the agile sense. Would it be fair to say it this way? You and leadership had the same goal in in mind, but you were taking the path of least risk and leadership wanted you to take the path of most value. Um, I, I would add perceived qualifiers to both of those. That That is good. You were taking yeah, the path yeah. of least perceived customer risk and they were taking the, wanted you to take the path of most perceived customer value. Yes. I'd say that's, I would that's pretty say fair. Just to be fair to leadership, they weren't necessarily saying most customer value. They just wanted us to more, more customer value. That's what I would say. Mm. Okay. I awesome. don't think it's possible for this the project to succeed. <laughs> I don't like, because you, you mentioned given unlimited resources and the limited time, like if you define resources as like talented engineers, yes, it's possible to get those people, but we essentially needed people with subject matter expertise and you can't just pay your way into that. You have to be really good at learning or be there for a while or some combination of those yeah. two things. Mm. And we just didn't have that and there's no way to get that. Um, I don't know, in my opinion. I think a part of a question of should you rewrite should be how comfortable are you uh, with the system and what is what number is that you <laughs> representing in human beings? Because mm. are 10 people really point. comfortable with it? Like, great, go for it, you know? Have we have we beaten this horse to death? I could talk forever. Talk about this so forever, like, yeah. yeah. I have so many yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just made me remember, like, um, anytime I 
started working with someone new to the system and they were like, well, we can just call this function send because that's what it does. <laughs> and I was like, there's 900 other functions called send. So no, we should try to find a different name. Yes. Send <laughs> no one word function names. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so thank you. Thank you, Nathan and Colleen. Uh, how can people get in thank touch you. with you if they want to get in touch with you, uh, argue with you, tell you how much they think you're right or wrong? Mm -hmm. if, I don't know Harass. how much you want to argue with people on the internet. Uh. <laughs> I just said I don't even like arguing with people in real life, so <laughs> less so on the internet. Um, LinkedIn, because I am not an active internet user, and I, I don't like LinkedIn, but I do check it. So if someone needs to get a hold of me, I'm there. Colleen Grafton, located in Chicago. That should get you pretty far. Yeah, certainly for me, LinkedIn, uh, Nathan Keys, or just N Keys, I think is the username. And again, I, I'm not like on any other social. So yeah, LinkedIn. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you. And thanks to you, the listener, for listening. Uh, I'm Jeffrey Sherman. And I'm Isaac Askew. And this is Never Rewrite.